Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into the 526 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, back here on this Tuesday evening. And yet again, it was Groundhog Day for the St. John's Red Storm as they lost to the Providence Friars by a final score of 75-72, to leaving many St. John's fans to wonder, why is it that for the last handful of seasons... You keep buying in to the same team year in and year out, getting excited in the offseason, seeing what they added in the transfer portal, what shooters they added, what potential depth they added, what freshman's coming in that year that looks like he's going to be a star for this program for years to come and keep getting punched in the gut year in and year out, whether it was just terrible out-of-conference scheduling that the team wasn't prepared to be in Big East play, or seasons like this where you cannot get over the hump. And if I'm a diehard St. John's fan... I think I'm starting to realize, and I think from the majority of what I've seen on Twitter, or X, most of the fan base has come to this realization that this team is just not a tournament team. They're just not. They cannot close games out against good teams, and they certainly do not play to the consistent level that would lead one to believe that, yes, this St. John's team deserves to have a spot in the tournament. They don't. And I'm here to tell you right now, I think it's time to not be so invested emotionally, totally, like just, you know, towards the end of the game, you're getting all excited, you're getting your hopes up, and then you just fall flat on your face. Because this team is killing this fan base. I mean killing, and I know I'm part of the problem, but I don't obviously view myself as high of a media analyst as some others do that cover college basketball that had this roster hyped up to being a tournament team and being a team that could possibly win the Big East, as some were saying that could make a great run in March, that looked like it had the ability for the first time um, since the late 90s to win the Big East tournament and the first time since the new Big East conference has um, taken stage. It's just totally gut-wrenching to see this team play like this and to see a program that has not won a game in March since 2000 and 2000 is the last time St. John's won a game. I think I'm correct on that. 2000 or 2001, something along those lines. It's definitely something where you just say to yourself, I mean, what am I doing here? Why am I getting this damn hyped up into it? 
And I know the answer. You know, you're fans. You're loyal fans. But at the end of the day, I think you just got to ask yourself, what has it done for me lately? And do we just revert back to the previous two years where you just watch for, you know, to see some evaluations of whoever may come back next year and hope for the best heading into next season? I mean, that's all I can really point out to you at this time because unless you win that Big East tournament, this team is not making it into March Madness. And as I was saying before, I'd like to apologize on my behalf for leading fans in the wrong direction about this St. John's team because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting Joel Soriano to disappear come Big East play. I wasn't expecting some of the Big Ivy guys uh, like Jordan Dingle to just completely disappear this late in the season. Chris Ledlam to not take charge and take hold of his opportunity. Um, I thought Simeon Wilcher and Brady Dunlop would be a little bit more along. Of course, I thought um, Simeon gave some great minutes here tonight against Providence. I thought Naheem Aline would have more of a factor this year. I mean, let's be real. I think he's shown flashes, but nothing really major has come to mind. It feels like we got a more experienced Montez Mathis. Um, And the only guy tonight that I really felt like, well, actually there were three, but the only one that I was really surprised by that I felt like made great strides this year was Sean Conway. I mean, all of a sudden tonight, he turned into the Tasmanian Devil defensively and did a really, really great job for you. But other than him, no one else has seemed to improve. Like I said, Joel Suriano, where have you been, dude? I mean, he seems... And they're pressing is the biggest thing, but he seems to be the leader of the pack there, and that's your captain. In the first couple minutes, they seemed like they were pressing. They turned it on to the end of the first half, and I'm not going to sit here and summarize it. I mean, if you saw what happened, you saw what happened. Same, Same story, different day. They had a lead. They lost it. They couldn't shoot. They came out of the break, you know, went into the break with the lead, came out of the break, lost the lead, and never could gain their composure and gain it back. They didn't defend. They did a terrible job in the second half defending. It's like one thing went wrong, and boom, you know, the the dominoes fell. They're not a mentally strong team, which is surprising because of the amount of veterans you have there. And I know that On pen and paper, it looked like they had everything, but at the end of the day, they had to put it together over the summer, and it just didn't work out. I mean, unfortunately, if we could have had another year of this, maybe next year could have been different. Maybe we could have seen more guys settle into Big East play, but it's one thing to do well in Ivy League play, and you hope that carries over. It doesn't in just one year and I think that's what Rick Pitino was trying to tell everyone and that's not the situation and the unfortunate part about it though is you're right there like you are again I use the analogy last episode 
you're climbing up the mountain and then you just get hit with a boulder and it sends you back down. It's every single game against quad one opponents. St. John's is six and eight in Big East Conference play. They have wins over Butler, Xavier, DePaul, Providence, and twice against Villanova. They're eight in their eight losses, there have only been three games that I really felt like there was little chance that they were going to pull it out. And that was the second UConn game at Xavier. Of course, not the first Xavier game. And the home game against Marquette where I was really convinced that they were just done. Um, Actually, no. I replaced that with the Seton Hall game. I did, at the break, think that St. John's could possibly beat Marquette in that game. That Seton Hall game, which... I think you can put an asterisk too. But regardless, in all their other losses, the other five, tonight against Providence, both times against Marquette, the first UConn game and against Creighton, you felt like it was right there, and at one point they were going to get one. They were going to eventually get a big win, whether it was going to be tonight whether it was going to be at Marquette over the weekend. It just felt like at a certain point it was finally going to click, and it didn't. It never did. And I can sit here and talk about why Rick didn't call it time. It goes completely beyond that. It's It, it goes to why is it that we get into Big East Conference play and all of a sudden – this team's mental toughness took a snooze. What the hell happened? Why do we only have six made threes at 26% from beyond? We didn't make a single three in the second half tonight. Why do we shoot so bad from the free throw line? Why did we out-rebound a team 43-31, to but we failed to make bunny layups? We got so many second chance opportunities. It was a real killer night. And you're seeing the frustration out there. You saw RJ um, Lewis and uh, Luis rather get into it with uh, Danis Jenkins. They had word words on a missed pass. And then uh, earlier in the game, Joel Soriano fouled with three seconds left on the shot clock. And you heard Tom McCarthy say, R.J. Luis just went over to Joel and said, why are you fouling? Three seconds left on the shot clock. All these little things are stuff you have to do to get into March, and they just didn't do it. I think it's not just the players. I think you fault coaching, obviously. I mean, you you are the head man. That has to come back on you, but there have been times, of course, where we've seen the best of these players come out. Unfortunately, it just has not happened in Biggie's play. And I say unfortunately loosely because it should have, and it never did, and it never will. So, like I said in the beginning of the episode, I wouldn't get too invested in these close games that we'll be having or hope to be having down the stretch. Obviously, pack the garden because they need your support. 
This program still needs your support. We still want this to get to where we want to be. But it's unfortunate that it's not happening in Rick's first year. But maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. It's too soon to tell. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.